You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hello and welcome to Faith with Friends podcast. I am Lisa, your host, and I'm here today with my friend, Conchi Maria Harris. Say hi, Conchi. Hi, Lisa. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. We just had the most incredible experience because we started a podcast about stress and anxiety, and halfway through, we realized that the Holy Spirit was leading us in a different direction, so we just stopped it and we're starting over. So, Conchi, tell us two things about yourself. Two things about me, okay. A mom of two, and I've been married now for 20 years. Wonderful. Conchi, I'm going to put myself out there and take a risk for a minute. Conchi, when you were 20 years old and you met somebody, what was the number one thing they needed to know about you? The forefront of every conversation. At 20 years old, it was my faith. I was, I feel like during that period of time, I was just completely and totally given to the Lord. I just, all I wanted to do was just be in church. I was involved in youth group. It was actually one of those periods of time where I just, I felt that, you know, I didn't have the responsibility of being a parent, being a wife. Right. And so I did have a little sister, but I was just walking in just that freedom and that joy of, of the Lord. Yes. We have a lot in common. Wouldn't you say that? Yes. Yes, we do. So we have our prayer group in common, primary prayer group, friends, a circle. We have a love for the word. I think we both have a love for people. We're both mostly extroverts and we both lost our mothers at a young age. And this year you experienced another loss of your dad. But I want to take you back and let's talk for a minute about you being a young teenage girl and your mom's illness. Yes. So it was my senior year of high school. It was actually, I really enjoyed my high school years. It was one of those periods of time where you think you know yourself, you think you know, you have good friends, life is at its peak. And so here's my senior year of high school. I have all these dreams and I have all these aspirations that I had. And April of my senior year, I had a month left to go for school, to of school. My mom was diagnosed with um, stage four ovarian cancer and the prognosis was not good. And so there, it's incredible how they say life can change in a minute. My life completely from one second to the next changed completely. Right. And talk to me a minute about your mom's faith. Where was your mom's faith in the beginning of that walk? So my mom was always a very, she was always a woman of faith. I mean, I cannot remember a time where even throughout her illness, she was just strong in her faith. She believed till the last day that the Lord was going to heal her. And her words were either the Lord will heal her here or the Lord will heal her in heaven, but that she was going to receive full healing. And she was that type of mom that would wake up in the morning and no, nobody could leave the house without prayer. Everything was always reverted back to prayer. At night, we would pray as a family. She would always pray with my sister and me. She would always have a Bible in her purse, which we used to make fun of her. But now I kind of do the same thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> She had a Bible in her car. I mean, she she was a woman of strong faith, always, always, since as far back as I can remember. So, Conchi, what would you say, we were just talking, what would you say are some of your attributes now that you grew into because of that loss in your life? How did that loss impact your personality, your character, and your faith? I think for me, I think I became very aware that life is fragile. And so I went from having like no worries in the world and to just completely believing that everything was going to be okay to 
there was a period where I was just very sensitive around time, age, death. If somebody would go to a hospital, I would get scared. If somebody would have to go to a doctor, I would get scared. And I think that one of the attributes that I developed was just caring and just making sure that people around me knew that I cared for them and that I was there and I was available. So whenever somebody would either go to a doctor, whenever somebody would go to a hospital, I just became hyper-focused on making sure that I was present and able to be there for them. Just making sure that they knew that I cared was something that was very important to me. Right. That's where we get the Bible verse about being compassion, that he gives us compassion so that we give others the same compassion we received. I also think I definitely became, not right away, God worked it out where I became a person that I found out that was one of my spiritual gifts is to minister to those that were sick because I wasn't afraid to go to the hospital because I had experienced so much of it. And although it was overwhelming, it was almost like a place of safety because I knew what to look for. I knew you know, people were always asking me, are you a nurse? And I was like, no, but I've been around sickness for a long time. My mom passed away after a five-year battle with ovarian cancer. And then my stepfather became ill right after that. And my grandparents and I took care of him. So for a 10-year period, we were in chemo, labs, hospitals, surgeries. And I wanted to be there. It was my, I felt safe there in the weirdest way. And I almost think like on a subconscious level, was I like negotiating with God? Like if I take care of these people, I will be safe and I will be healthy. But definitely my personality became that same. I had that same thing. Like I said, my kids went to a roller coaster. They went to a park. I wanted to be on the roller coaster with them. Now, if you would ask my children, this did not have the effect on them that I hoped because they see it like you're an overbearing mother. You're always had to be there. I was a helicopter mom for sure. I was a helicopter mom now with a little more spiritual and emotional maturity. I can look back and say I was doing that because I was afraid I wouldn't be here for long. And so I just wanted to be present in your life. And I wanted to make sure every memory I was in the middle of it and and I think that's part of my obsession with taking pictures of every event. My family's always like, oh my gosh, here comes the camera. She has to take a hundred pictures. But I long for when I find a picture of my mom or someone last year sent me pictures when I was a little girl with my mom and my heart just stops. I want to hold on to that because I miss her so much. Right. So I think we have that in common as well. Yeah. And I'm very similar. My my daughter would always call me the helicopter mom, but sometimes I mean, thankfully, they don't realize what that's like to just know that all these important events happen. Right. And in your life and in mine, our moms weren't there for some of them. Exactly. Yeah, like my son would always, I would always tell my son, one day I won't be here and you're going to miss me. And he's like, oh my gosh, you're so dramatic. And I realized that's not something you can teach. You can't teach people to appreciate that person, that presence now. That's something that we learn, unfortunately, when they're gone. Or I think definitely through a life illness, the stages of letting go, you recognize. I remember in the last year of my mom's life, I was 25 years old and I had two kids of my own and definitely a strong woman. And I remember almost regressing every time I would hang up with her at night. I would, she would say, okay, good night, Lise. And I would say, good night, mommy. I love you. And I would like, I didn't recognize it at the time, but now when I look back and see it, it's like I wanted to be that little girl with her mom's care over me again. And my mom came to faith through her illness and through her facing death, recognized this is something I need. And one of the books that her best friend gave her is 
Kay Arthur, Lord Heal My Hurts. So I took that when she passed away and I packed it in a box with all her other stuff. And little by little, I went opening those boxes and I still have that book out. That's, I knew I needed God. First, I just needed him to answer my prayers. My faith relationship was just based on, okay, I'll have a relationship with you because I need you to do this. And then he just so gently took me to a place of, no, you need me because you need salvation. You need forgiveness. You need, if you want to be with your mom, you're going to need eternity. And that's really where my faith began working it out. So let's talk a little bit about the contrast of what you went through with your mom at 18 years old and what you experienced this year. So August of 2019, my dad wasn't feeling well. My dad was a very strong, very healthy, very athletic, even to his older years, man, very strong-willed. And so he basically was actually in a lot of pain. He was fighting the pain that he was in until he finally realized he had to go to the hospital. So he goes into the hospital where they run all sorts of tests and they determine that he has to have an emergency gallbladder surgery because his gallbladder was about to rupture. What we didn't know at that time was that he had stage four colon cancer that had metastasized. And so it was almost an incidental finding. We would have never known that would he have not had his gallbladder in the condition that it was at and he needed emergency surgery. And so very different to my mom's situation. My mom was always a woman of faith, always at church, believed in the Lord. My dad was completely the opposite. He believed that God did exist, but he didn't really walk with the Lord and did not have a relationship with God. And so there began a journey of of him having to realize where now this man who's always been very strong, very independent, never needed anything from anybody. Now, all of a sudden he was faced with, he needed to depend on people to to get things done, which was very difficult for him because he did not accept help well at all. And realizing that God is something that he needed and he lacked. And so it was very different situation than with my mom. It was a very long period of time. My dad was sick for about a year and a half. He debilitated to the point where it was almost like we were asking just the Lord to have mercy on his body because of the pain that he was with. But yeah, that is... um, That's okay. Wait, wait. We're real. We can cry. We can laugh and we can cry. This is all part of life. Don't say you're sorry for sharing your heart. Yeah, it's still a little tender. But I do believe that the Lord did a lot of work in my dad's heart. And some things we witnessed ourselves. And some conversations that he had, even with the hospice folks, with the nurses and with a social worker, confirmed a lot of worries that I had about his salvation at the end of his life. Right. Although he did pray with you, with your aunt. Yes, he did. He so prayed with us. why did you still have those doubts? I had those doubts because even after he prayed, and I really genuinely believe that he had an encounter with the Lord and he would even accept me playing, you know, worship music in the room when he was in. Just because he was in so much pain and his body was, I mean, he, he really did go through a lot. He became very angry the last few right. weeks of his life. And he was just angry in general. He, he didn't tolerate the pain well. Um, he was on high medication and even that didn't help with his pain. And so I was afraid that because his heart had become a little bit hardened at the end, I was, I was worried about his salvation. But I kept holding on to the promise that as for me and my house, we shall be saved. And he was part of my house. And he was, I do believe, I mean, there were a lot of people praying for my dad and his salvation. So I, I do believe that he's home with the Lord. I believe it too. I remember somebody told me, and I think I shared this with you, God is not out to trick us. Like he's not trying to trick us. Like, oh, they accepted. He didn't accept. Oh, he just said that. It wasn't true. Listen, there was 
fruit that came out of that. And not everybody is miraculously transformed from one day to the next. And it's hard. Like I can say in my own walk where I was 25 years ago, even more to where I am today, I hope I've grown. So even that first year, even last year, I was still making mistakes. I was still doing and saying things wrong. Like we're processed right up to the end. I think that we can hurt ourselves if we are always looking for the fairy tale ending. Salvation is about forgiveness of sin, recognizing you're wrong. It's not about behavior modification. So I think that that's something that a lot of people whose parents have passed and they didn't behave the way we wanted them to or we thought we didn't get the beautiful, I'm sorry, I wasn't the mother or father that you longed for or that I could have been. We all want that ending, that perfect ending where you really meet me where I'm at. But at the end of the day, the only one who truly meets us where we're at is God. And he led your father to soften his heart. He led your father to recognize that he needed to change. I remember in the beginning, he would say, I don't regret anything. And yet he prayed and he asked for forgiveness for his sins, which means he recognized. And that is salvation, right? So, but yeah, I can, I think that that's important to talk about. I think the beautiful endings are beautiful to hear. And definitely God is the author of each one of them. But there are some endings that aren't perfect on this side of eternity for many people. And you don't get those goodbyes. You know, we both had illnesses, long-term illnesses, take our loved ones. But I think about the people whose, whose loved ones were taken in a car accident or a heart attack or a stroke, and they didn't get those goodbyes. And that's okay, because we're going to have a great reunion on the other side of eternity. And how much more? Right. I got my goodbye. What I thought about it the other day, like when I see my mom, I just think I'm hoping her and Jesus run at the same speed to me so that once I get there, I can hug both of them at the same time. But I recognize I wouldn't have that hug with her if if I didn't have Jesus in my life and, and in her life. So what do you think some of the fears, how those fears after losing your mom or even during during losing your mom, because a lot of people, they'll harden their hearts. I think I hardened my heart for a while and, and I had a a woman come and visit my church and share at my church. And she said, she gave us a, an assignment. And the assignment was to go home and write a list of the people that you were angry at. Well, after losing my mom, my faith grew, but I was still angry with a lot of people. And I felt, I don't know about you, but I felt that was my mom's defender. When my mom took her last breath, Lisa took up that shield and I was going to be her defender. And anybody who said or did anything that did not totally agree with what my opinion was, I was going to fight on her behalf, right? Don't you think? Did you have that experience as well? I did too. I especially had it with my dad and with his side of the family. Yes, same. Like I had a huge struggle with that. And for many years, I battled that because I felt that she had been treated unfairly. Yes. And so anytime her name would come up, I almost would not tolerate anybody mentioning her name. I just, I, I, I wouldn't have it. Right. Well, as she challenged us to make this list of the people we're angry at, she shared her own list after we had like a little break where we did that. And then she shared her own list. And she said, she shared with us that she had lost her mother. And when she made the list that the Holy Spirit had led her to write, and I'm angry at you, God, for not healing my mom. And I remember breaking down, crying, thinking, oh my gosh, I am mad at God. My ultimate anger is at God because you didn't do what I asked you to. And it was such a long journey that I think I'm on the other side of at this point 
where I can recognize, but it was a long journey to recognize, wow, I carried a lot of anger and a lot of it just came out. I remember my first, do you remember your first Mother's Day after your mom died? I sure did. I, sure I remember do. walking through Birdine mm-hmm. one time, seeing everyone with their mom and going home and telling my husband, I don't want to go to the mall. Like you're going to have to go buy your mom something because I, I just don't want to be at the mall. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to celebrate Mother's Day. What a horrible holiday because there's so many people without their moms. Yeah. For me, Mother's Day was very tough and it was even worse because my sister was nine. And I remember that her teacher reached out to me and told me, I think it's important for you to come. And I didn't want to go. And my sister was very rebellious during that period of time. And I remember that when I went there, I had already been crying the entire morning. And when I get there, my sister had written me a card that the teacher had helped her write that said, happy sister's day. Wow. Those are the things only the heart can hold, right? So it was hard. It was very difficult. And still to this day, even though years and years have passed, there's always a a sense of sadness on Mother's Day. Yes. Yeah, I went with my son yesterday to do an errand, and he introduced me to a gentleman that was there. And somebody walked up to talk to the man, and he said, how's Bonnie? And the man started talking about his wife. And when he was walking away, I said, is your wife's name Bonnie? And he said, yes. And I said, that was my mom's name. And he kind of got distracted. And I was very glad because I turned around and I started crying because Bonnie is not a common name. So when I hear that name, I long for Bonnie. You know, I just miss her so deeply. And I just think, I don't know. I'm thankful for the verse that says we don't mourn like those with no faith, with no hope because we have hope of a reunion. And I just can't imagine how you get through that kind of suffering without a hope. Yeah, I don't think I could have made it through my mom's death and everything that came after that, would she not have instilled that faith in me? And even though I, similar to you, went through a period of time where I was upset at God, I knew in my mind that I had to continue to serve him because I had made that promise to my mom. That I was not going to walk away from the Lord. And I I gave her that promise. But my heart and my mind were not aligned. So in my heart, I was upset, even though I didn't say it. And my mind knew what the right thing to do was. But it took me a few years to be able to overcome that completely and really genuinely feel that, even though I didn't understand it, that God's plan was good and that he would somehow turn all that around for good. Absolutely. I remember getting on my knees and telling God, okay, so I agree with you. I'm angry and I really don't know how to be any other way. Like, I don't know how to overcome this anger. And that anger pushed me to control everything because I needed everything to be, since I had no control over my mom's death, I needed to control everything else. I needed to keep everybody safe. So I limited my kids, what time they could go out. I was that overbearing mom, that helicopter mom, because I wanted to be present and I wanted to protect them. And there was no trust. There was a faith in my heart about God. I knew I was saved, but my daily walk had not been transformed to a place where, listen, I I can trust you because anyways, I I can't control all of these people. Like when people tell me, no, because I'm controlling. And I'm like, how's that working out for you? (laughs) Because I can't control myself half of the time, much less all of these people around me. But I can pray and ask God, Lord, help me to be a person that reflects your grace and mercy to others instead of trying to control everything they do because God gives us freedom to make mistakes. Thank God. Thank God for that, yes. Right. So, Gonchi, I know that you have two wonderful kids and I know that you are an amazing mother. And I know that most of that comes from you watching your mom 
mother you, watching your mom suffer well, and even watching your mom say goodbye to you. And do you feel as well that you're motivated like me to be that kind of overwhelming presence in their lives? Or do you have a different story? No, I do, Lisa, just because I think that similar to you, all these events that I had. So my mom wasn't there for my wedding. My mom wasn't there when my kids were born. So many events that she missed, especially with my sister. My sister was only nine. And so that became really real to me, the importance of being present in somebody else's life. And so I think that there had been a period of time where I thought I was healed from my mom's death. And I remember that when I had my daughter 18 years ago, I remember that at the hospital that day, as I gave birth, I started to cry and I was crying uncontrollably. And Robert had never really seen me cry that way. And when he asked me what was happening, I was too embarrassed to say that I was crying because my mom wasn't there. And I had a lot of visitors and I had a lot of people come, friends, family, people that even flew in from my birth, my, the birth of my daughter, but still my mom wasn't there. And so a few days later, I didn't want to tell Robert. I actually called my pastor and I told him how crazy would it be that all of a sudden I miss my mom more than I've had missed her in over the last 10 years. And so he helped me through it. We walked through it and he gave me a few Bible verses that he wanted me to focus on. And so that's when I think I realized, and that's when life changes. I mean, everybody always says, you know, life changes when you have kids. And it's so true. Life is never the same after you have kids. And I think that's when for me, again, that eternity and life is fragile. And I don't know if I'm going to be here for these events and I'm not going to know if I'm going to be here for their wedding became more real. At the same time, it became a little bit of a fear that I, that I struggle with. And so to me, every time I go to the doctor for my yearly checkup, it's not just a regular checkup that I go to. I, I go to, and even though I have a smile on my face, in my heart, I carry that fear and that cloud is always over me. Am I going to be here one more year? Am I going to be here? Just because I saw how my mom went from me seeing her completely healthy and thinking that everything was okay to a year later, her passing away. And so I am that helicopter mom. I'm always worried when they're not home, you know, some of those fears, you know, started again when my daughter started to drive and she started to go out and do certain things. And so I'm events to other people may be just events, but to me, they're that more special and just making sure that I make it even more special so that when that time comes, hopefully many years from today, at least they have those memories that they look back yes. to and they're filled with joy. I will go to four parties in one day to try <laughs> and not let anybody down. I'm Thank trying to be there for everything, but God is working on that. Where, yes, I want to be present, but I also want to honor God with my time and my well-being. So what would you say are two parts of your faith that grew out of that experience of losing your mom? And even now with your dad, what, what part of the faith is God really growing you in? As we think about the promise that says he uses all things, all things he will use for our good and his glory for those that love him and are called to his purpose. I think for me where the Lord is really working, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, was just in surrendering. It's in, you know, in surrendering everything just from the fact that there, we can't control everything. Timing is not ours. Everything happens for a reason. I, for some reason, with my dad's death, I don't know if it was just because of the way that he was, such a strong person. I never really thought I was going to lose my dad to cancer. For some reason in my mind, I thought my dad was going to be one of those people who maybe passed away from a heart attack or something else. And so when he was diagnosed with that, I was like, oh, no, not this again, please. And it's like, once again, fears begin to surface. Fears that you thought you had put to rest now begin to surface again. And even though it was two different situations, because one, my mom was very young and I was a lot younger. With my dad, it was different. My dad was older. But still, you never want to hear the word cancer. You never want to hear that word again. So I think with me, it's 
It's that surrendering that our timing is is not God's timing, that God works all things out, whether we believe it or not, he does work it all out for our good. That even though I went through my mom's death at a very young age, and even though my I was young, my sister was was very young, God worked it all out. He put the right people in my path. He put the right people that would help me, even as simple as putting me in the right job and, and making sure that I had a place where I was going to grow into and, and develop a career that I, I didn't know that I wanted to do. I never thought I was going to get into healthcare, but God aligned the right people, put the right people, took the wrong people out. And, and sometimes you realize that when you don't control things and when you allow God to work in your life that way, that God truly does work things out for your good and that his timing is always perfect. Yes. I agree with those. I think definitely the one thing that, uh, two things, if I had to say two things in my life, one would be a dependency on God. Like even when my heart was hard, even when I've made really bad mistakes, he just, I have nowhere else to go. You know what I mean? Like I have that love that's missing from my life, that dependable, unconditional love. The only place I can find it is in our Heavenly Father's arms. So I can see how, you know, the world says like, oh my gosh, how could you try to find something good? How, how do you want to benefit from your mom's death? And I can definitely see how my faith has grown to this deep dependency. He's my parent. He's the, the one person I can always lean in on and depend on. And my mom, I did probably have some codependency issues with my mom because she would always say like, it's just you and me, or it's just you and I will get through this. And which are beautiful things for a mother to say to her daughter when you're going through a traumatic, traumatic experience. However, however, I recognize now it was never just her and me. God was always in the middle of it in every single part. And definitely the second part of that is our circle of friends. God has always given me this. He allowed that lack, right? That feminine, deep relationship that it doesn't matter how great your husband is, it's just not the same. And so he's created in me this desire to connect with other women where I'm, I was lacking in my life. He's given me this body of Christ that I can connect well with. And I think we all long for connection. God created us like that to connect with him and to connect with others. We're called to love the body of Christ and others. But I, I see in my own life, there's a depth to my relationships, and I know it comes from God's calling, of course, but I know it comes from, from that place of void where I'm missing that. And what a blessing it is to be able to go back to that verse again that says, we receive compassion so that we can give the compassion that God first gave to us. So he showed us compassion. He calls us to give it to others. And I remember I had a problem with somebody once a relational conflict. I'm sure nobody else has had that problem, but sometimes I had relational. And their mother got sick and I was over to I was able to overlook everything they had done because I was like, I know what you're about to go through and I just want to be here for you. You know, it's that it's a almost like a call to compassion. He places it in your heart and I can't stay away. I can't. I if I see somebody with a scarf on their head, I have to walk up, to, like my kids will say, we're going to wait in the car because this is going to take a long time. There's a lady at the end of the aisle with a scarf and my husband will be like, oh my gosh, okay, we're waiting in the car. Please, 20 minutes. But I'm, it's a longing that I have to connect with those people that, listen, I know what you're about to go through. Can I help you? Can I encourage you? Can I walk with you through it? 
And when you meet somebody who's lost their parent, especially a mom, no matter if it was the perfect mom or not, you connect immediately because you know that pain, right? But God allows that kind of pain so we can come to him. And he truly does become our place of refuge, like that Bible verse. And I was having that conversation with my daughter the other day. And, you know, you you don't know that side of the Lord until you really need him. And when my mom passed away, God became my refuge. I would cry to him. I would want to, I would, I would long to spend time with him because that, that peace that I so lacked, I would only get when I was in his presence and praying or listening to worship music or being in his word. Yes. Which brings us back to the peace, the peace that he is our peace. He, he steps into, he's no longer a peace giver. His name is peace. He is the prince of peace. And when you need peace and you reach out to him, he's always there, always present. And he wants to be in the center of your heart. And so that's when he starts cracking up those hardened parts that we've hidden away that we think we're healed of and we think we're okay. And then every once in a while, those tears will flow. And he's like, I'm just over here doing some maintenance. I want to make sure that your heart is open to me in every sense of the word. So there can't be any darkness. There can't be any bitterness because he's constantly working on our growth, calling us into a deeper walk with him, calling us in a deeper surrender. I mean, there's no place you have to surrender. Losing a parent is a cause for a place of surrender in your life. Not just like, well, what can I do? But Lord, I'm going to just throw myself at your mercy because I can't take the next step. So I need you to be there to, to guide me. What was your mom's favorite Bible verse? Her favorite Bible verse was... I want to say it was in Matthew, and it's the one that when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me water. And whatever you do for any one of my children, you do unto me. And she was always very, um, my mom would always have, it was just so funny because she always had in her trunks throws and blankets and socks that she would buy like at the dollar store, wherever she would find them. And there wasn't a homeless person in her area that didn't have a blanket or a pair of socks because she wanted them to have like, you know, be warm. And, and she was really big into like helping, especially like Camilla's house out. So she was very involved in Camilla's house. Yes. And she was always serving there. And that was her Bible verse. That was her, her go-to Bible verse for everything. It's interesting because that's Matthew 25, 35 through 45. But on verse 36, it says, when I was naked, you clothed me. But then it says, I was sick and you cared for me. I was sick and you cared for me. And I think, Conchi, one of your gifts is you're very hands-on. You are a gift giver. You're a provider. And so I, every time there's a need, every time somebody's going for something, I wish I had that gift. I just don't. You are immediately like, how can I provide for you at this time? Because they're sick and through you, God is caring for them. And that's a beautiful attribute that you carry that has come out of that suffering. So, well, thank you for being with me. I know our time is almost up, but we're going to visit again soon. I want to thank you for sharing your story with us. I want to thank you for sharing the hope that we both have in Christ Jesus, that one day we're all going to be reunited with all of those who've made Jesus their Lord and Savior. And I'm thankful to be your sister in Christ and to know that no longer how long we're here, and I hope we're both here to 100, but when we're gone, we're going to be there. And if I go first, I want you to know I'm bringing my mom on one arm and your mom on the other arm and your dad can follow behind, but we're all going to be there to greet you at the gates. <laughs> Lisa, I love you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This has brought so much peace to my heart. Would you close us in prayer? Yes. 
Heavenly Father, we come before your presence, Lord, and we give you glory and honor. I thank you for this time that I have spent with Lisa here today, Lord, talking about our moms, talking about our past hurts and our relationships, Jesus. I hope that this podcast can help folks that are going through either the loss of a loved one, of a parent, or of a sibling, or a family member, Lord. And I pray that you can continue to use Lisa in in great ways just to continue to minister. She has the gift of uniting, Lord. She has the gift of encouragement. And I pray that you just continue to pour into her life, Lord, so that she can continue to give to others what you have given to her, Lord. Thank you for this time that has ministered to me so much and greatly right now, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I love you. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?